Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The mission is finally on, and that mission is to deliver another action-packed, high-octane episode of the Dagobah Dispatch podcast, and we accept that mission. I'm Dalton Ross here with Devin Kogan and Lauren Morgan. We're going to be checking in on episode six of Andor, which now marks the halfway point of season one. What did we see and what do we think? We shall discuss. That's why we're here. And, uh... Ladies, hopefully things will not get as heated as last week's debate on the rise of Skywalker. And I'm looking at you as I say that, Lauren, specifically <laughs> at you in this uh, in this tiny room uh, with t- lots of copies of Wood Magazine <laughs> sitting here for some <laughs> like 40 copies of Wood Magazine in this podcast studio. It's my favorite of the Dot Dash Meredith publications, <laughs> the Wood Magazine that continues to print. I do too because I like hy- very hyper specific titles. So it doesn't get more specific than, than, than Wood Magazine. Um, so I, I listened to our episode last week and I was, <laughs> I was really like kind of poking the bear on that episode with <laughs> yes, Lauren to Rise of Skywalker. And it's really fun to listen to. <laughs> and even if you've already listened to it, go back and listen to it with this in mind because Lauren is like really quiet at first. And she's like, it's almost as if she knows that if she starts talking about how much she dislikes Rise of Skywalker, the floodgates are just going to open. And so you're really quiet and you're really measured. And at some point you just couldn't take it anymore and and you just lost your marbles. It's great. Well, right before the podcast, I was like, okay, you just got to chill out. You can't get super angry. And I obviously I failed in that. But my husband, as soon as we were finished walked into my office and he goes, are you all right? Because you sounded positively unhinged. And he said like later on, he listened to the podcast. He's like, you sounded better in the podcast because you sounded crazy in the house. So, <laughs> just arguing yeah. with yourself, arguing with thin air. I can, I can picture Lorna just like muttering around afterwards, like stupid ending on Tatooine. <laughs> like, didn't even have like Poe there. It's just idiotic. Why are the like, lightsabers in sand? <laughs> I did start ranting about it later on, and my husband's like, I understand. I know. It was a dumb ending. You don't need to go over it again. Poor Jessica Leon. I think she was shell-shocked, Devin, <laughs> uh, by the, did you check in on her out there in LA or what? Uh, we Yeah, we may need to, to touch base with her a week later and just be like, you, you good? We'd love to have you back. I promise it won't be as combative an experience this time. Well, I won't, I won't spoil anything. Lauren doesn't even know this. Mm. But we, we, we uh, while we we're waiting for Lauren, who who couldn't get her computer working and couldn't find another room to to record in, uh, we already came up with a topic to discuss next week. That I'm very interested to see Lauren's reaction next week. Like basically, we're just coming up with topic. How can we piss Lauren off this week? That was fun. <laughs> oh. like, let's do that again. <laughs> so, what topic have you come up with? You'll just you'll have to you'll, wait and oh. see. It's a wait. It's a wait and see. You're just gonna pop it on me. We'll so let you I react see. in the moment. Okay. Um, I have. A, we're gonna talk Andor in 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 a, in a little bit. 
as the, we are now at the halfway point of the season. But I have a question for you, two ladies. Um, are you all into audiobooks? Yes. Absolutely. You are, Devin? Audiobooks? A little bit here and there. It depends on the audiobook. Like if it's something that's like really, uh, it just it depends. Yeah. I, okay. I take back my previous yes and say sometimes. And, and what about you, Lauren? Tell me your philosophy when it comes to uh, Not really, because my mind has a tendency to wander when I'm listening to things. And so I basically like will be listening to an audiobook and then I'll start thinking about something else. And then I'll be like, oh, I haven't listened to the last 20 minutes of this audiobook. So sometimes I've listened to them when I drive because there's not really much, much I can, m- many places I can go when I'm driving. So, so I'm very similar to you. Mm-hmm. And I, but the problem is when I drive, and by the way, there's a reason why I'm asking this question. We'll get that. <laughs> I was really, hey, you guys know what it is? Uh, there is a tie into Star Wars. But uh, when I listen to audiobooks, I, I, I do that where I'm like, oh, I'll listen to the car. But I'm not in my car a lot. I don't live in LA like yeah. Devin. Uh, yeah. and, and Lauren, I assume you're like me. I mean, you're in the car more than me because you, you're in your car to come to work. But I'm not in the car a lot. So I'll, I'll put an audiobook on. Or like back in the day, it was like book on CD. Uh, which is I, I had the days. Revenge of the Sith book on CD. Don't ask. Um, and then I'll listen to a little bit, and then I'll get in the car like three days later. I'm like, wait, what happened? Like, I don't even remember this. And like you, Lauren, my mind sort of like wanders. Maybe mm-hmm. that's not a good thing to happen when you're driving, possibly. But like, the point is like, I'm just kind of paying attention, but like not fully. And so then I get back in. I'm like, what are they talking about? Like, I have no idea. So I'm not an audiobook guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did recently. Decide, I was sent a copy of Darth Maul colon Shadowhunter. <laughs> great title. Yes, good. that's a great title. By Michael Reeves. This is a 2001 book um, that is basically a prequel to uh, Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. Like there's that one, what was it called? Shatter? I can't remember the name of it. That's the prequel, like essentially to Revenge of the Sith. This is right before Phantom Menace and it's basically Sidious sending Darth Maul out on a mission right before the events and invo- involves the Neomoidians and other things, Nate Gunray's in it, but not with obviously with Maul. But anyway, that's what it is. So I don't mm-hmm. know if anyone's read it or not. No. It's one of those books that came out 20 years ago and actually had an audio book uh, narrated by Michael Krupsty, who I have no idea who that is because I'm not, I'm not in the audiobook game, but he's done a lot of audiobook narrations, including a few um, Star Wars titles. So anyway, apparently there's a new, well, not apparently, I listened to it. There's a new version and it's narrated by Sam Whitwer. Oh, that's good. Oh. Yes. I yeah. thought that might uh, float Lauren's boat, uh, <laughs> being a big fan of the uh, the animated series, because obviously he does the voice of Darth Maul mm-hmm. and other voices like Palpatine on Clone Wars and Rebels, and he obviously did Maul's voice in Solo as well. And uh, I was like, oh, I want to give this a try. This will be interesting. And- it's really good in the sense that obviously uh, Maul is obviously very present in this book and Palpatine's pretty present in this mm-hmm. book as well. So he's doing those voices and he's really good at doing other voices as well. But I still gave up like nine chapters into it because I kept not going in my car and then I'd have to like redo chapters and I just couldn't go through it. Well, my car is is not functioning because I'm not driving it enough. So every time if I leave it be for two or three days, then my uh, my car stops uh, turning on. So I understand that about not being in your car that much. But um, 
But I don't know, Sam Witwer, that would at least keep me somewhat interested, I think. But I'm glad to see that we're all at least somewhat on the same page. It sounds like Devin's a little more into it. No, where, where, where do you listen to him? Like, what's the point where you listen to him? Cars. Like yeah, I only do them long road trips when I mm-hmm. uh, like when I need them to uh, when I need that. Um, I also do like I love narrative podcasts, um, you know, but I yeah, it's it's something I only listen to in the car because I'm somebody who my my mind wanders constantly um and so yeah like i i did a long road trip driving back and forth between my family and in st louis and and here in la and i listened to well technically it wasn't an audio book but i listened to the bbc radio adaptation of the lord of the rings which is fantastic <laughs> by the way i highly recommend it ian holm as frodo and bill nye as um as sam it's very good oh. uh, but um but yeah i i don't know i've never this is I can read so much faster than somebody can speak and I absorb information better that way. And I'm somebody who would always rather read than listen, which is ridiculous because I'm co-hosting a podcast. But um, yeah, I just I absorb information a little bit better when I I read it. But when people are um, listening to our podcast, they can like tune out for a little while. They're not going to like miss the narrative of the story. It's it's really important that they hear all of our thoughts about (laughs) cereal, Dalton. It's extremely important. And understand why I'm cursing, you know, all of that. It's true. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it, Devin, it's funny you mentioned long road trips because the whole reason I downloaded this stupid thing was because I was supposed to drive out cross country with my son who was moving to California. I was like, oh my God, we've got like a bazillion hours in the car. Yeah. This guy's not going to want to talk to me. So <laughs> I'll download this stupid Star Wars book. They'll listen to it together. And then a few days, I download it all. And then a few days before, he's like, yeah, you know, I'm just going to fly out by myself. I'm good. And I'm like, okay, well, now, <laughs> I'm like, oh. now I've got, now it's just me and, and Maul together. So anyway. <laughs> It's great well, road it, trip co-pilot. Yeah, by the way. I know. It, like you I, know, the bottom line is if you're into that stuff, it's good. Like if you're into uh, to audiobooks, which obviously tons of people are, mm-hmm. and you want to hear someone that's you know famous for doing these characters and hear him do this long, big narrative st- story. Well, there you go. You can go listen to a Shadow Hunter. Uh, all right, we have a bunch of Andor stuff to get to, as there were some big developments this week, and we're going to give our halftime report on the show. Now that we're at the halfway point of the season, and that is coming up right after this super quick break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, uh, we are back here, and it is time now to talk some Andor. Episode 6 finally aired. I don't know why I said finally. I mean, they air every week. We know when they're going to air. But it did air. And so I thought we could talk about the episode specifically first, and then we can sort of talk about how in general we feel with the series now that we are at the halfway uh, point of the the season. Uh, Devin, kick us off with your sort of big picture thoughts on episode 6 as the heist was finally on. I think this is my favorite episode yet. I mean, I've said this multiple times before, and we've talked about this on the podcast, but your girl's a sucker for a heist. I love a heist. I love a getting the crew together to put together the heist. I love the actual completing the heist. And this was a really solid heist. I feel like this was a better heist than Rogue One, which is 
they sort of teased that as, ooh, this is Star Wars' first like heist story. And I'm saying the word heist way too many times, but this is a great <laughs> heist stop. episode. Don't stop. It's so good. Um, like I I've had my some of my issues with the with the show a little bit about some of its pacing, but I thought the pacing in this episode made total sense and was really clean um the score does a lot of heavy lifting here we, we haven't really talked about how nicholas Bertel, the guy who did the succession theme song which is in everybody's heads all the time uh does the score here and it's really good and i i've been really um yeah i i was i was really into this episode and i and i you know we'll get into some of the details a little bit but man all the stuff with the eye and the the streaks of light and all the beautiful colors and i was like oh yeah you can make a dark and gritty television show while also like having some cool set pieces that are actually colorful and i was like this this is great i not everything has to be all caked in mud and awful all the time so i actually see it as opposed to house of the dragon which just makes everything very dark you don't have to address adjust the brightness settings on your television which is the dream Mm -hmm. um but yeah i was really into this episode this was my favorite one so far what about you guys what did you think yeah lauren give me your big picture and then we'll delve delve deep i thought the first 20 minutes was a little bit slow but once the heist started i thought everything uh kicked into gear there was a lot of surprising turns uh i did not quite expect that almost the entire uh, crew that andor was with was going to either bite it or actually most of them bit it uh, except for Faye marseille and uh cinta but I thought the Eye of Aldani was worth the uh, the wait to see what it was. I, what do you I, think? Yeah, I I really liked the episode as well. This is what we've been waiting for, right? Mm-hmm. Like it just took yeah too damn long to get here. Um, <laughs> I, I really enjoyed the episode. I will say this. The episode basically starts with Nemec, who's mm-hmm. uh, Alex Lothar, the, the guy from what the end of the effing world talking about his nerves before the big raid and, and Cassian's telling him you'll sleep after the raid. I was immediately like, yep, you'll sleep permanently. <laughs> he's No he's way dead. that dude's making out of this episode alive. I think they telegraph that. De- it's literally like, do you guys remember there's this Simpsons episode where they're watching McBain uh, and a McBain movie and McBain move. McBain is like the Arnold Schwarzenegger type character. And there's, there's two cops at a counter and one of them's like, like he's retiring that night. Oh, he's like, always. yeah. I'm going to sail the world in my boat. And he shows a picture of the boat and it's called the live forever. And so like, <laughs> and of course then like some Mendoza's thugs come in and like puzzled the guy with like 30 million bullets. Cause he's just given this heartfelt speech about retiring. They kind of did that with the Nemec character. Like they it was like, really? You're going to lay it on that thick, whatever. Um, I like when the heist got going. I thought that this, st- so can we talk about the Donnies for a second? Is that what mm-hmm. they're called? Like yeah. the Donnies? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I like the setup and I like that that's sort of the excuse they're using to get in is these sort of like, you know, um, tribal. tribal people that live off the land and very spiritual. I didn't need to see so much of their song and dance. <laughs> I didn't need to see them cutting back and forth. <laughs> I thought that as well. Because uh, I kept saying like, well, what's is, somehow this is going to be connected. Something's mm-hmm. going to happen out at the song and dance. But no, it never did. They're just like, we're going to keep cutting cutting out of there. Like, where's the juxtaposition, I, I guess? I, I don't know. Um. I did what I really liked most about the whole introduction of the Donnies actually was the fact that they showed the uh, another method that the empire is using to subjugate systems is that they're not using brute force here. Mm -hmm. They're completely tricking these people, or at least they think they're tricking these people. And they talk about, Oh, we're going to put these comfort stations and we're going to put beer out. And they started at 500. Now they're down to 60. So, Devin, I found that really interesting and just sort of like, here's how the empire's doing business at this state and time. 
Yeah, that's been something I have been impressed by the show has impressed me with throughout throughout this the season so far is that, you know, this isn't this is an empire that we're sort of getting in the nitty gritty. You know, these are not people who are Sith lords who are slicing people over with, open with red lightsabers. You know, these are these are very sort of ordinary evil, you know, using manipulating people, um, oppressing them, you know, using, uh, you know, kind of tactics to 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 get what they want without like just blasters and, and you know, physically threatening people. And so I, that's been something that I've been sort of interested in about this show is how it talks about the balance of power and, um, you know, systems of oppression having power versus the people. And it's it's interrogating some interesting ideas. And I'm curious to see kind of how that shakes out over over the next um you know couple episodes you know I, I we've talked about this since the beginning you know i like that the villains on this show are just like kind of awful middle managers they're not you know mustache twirling sith lords you know there's no snoke there's no emperor there's no none of that um it's just people who have power are using their power to oppress people and are trying to gain even more power um so it's it's kind of it's that's been something i've been i've been really fascinated by and um yeah, I, I was I was into this episode. I, I think I, I totally agree with you as far as like as soon as, you know, Nemec starts giving his little speech, I was like, oh, well, he's a goner. But yeah, they're pretty much everybody else kind of bites the dust. And, you know, while we're talking about Nemec, we got to talk about that awesome doctor in the very end of the episode. His name is arms. Yeah. His name is Quadpaw, apparently, which is just like <laughs> peak Star Wars name. Ten out of ten. Like no notes for me. Um, he's got like four hands and he's got like a lobot headpiece and like his little Maz Kanata goggles. And I was just like, I want to watch the show about him. What's his? I want to watch a medical like Grey's Anatomy in the Star Wars universe. Like yeah. that would, you know, it's all back to tanks and and droids and Doctor Quadpaw. That's that's my 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 dream. Can we also talk, Lauren, about how every it seems like every now couple in the Star Wars universe has a terrible marriage. Yeah, <laughs> like another dude, and an like awful child wife. who resents them. Yeah, like what is going on? We didn't see any of this stuff at all, and now it's just like everyone's just miserable, miserable. in the married yeah. life. Yeah, miserable, and she's just begging him, like, please, just don't be a jerk and just do what they say. But uh, going back to like what Devin was saying, like it is a very corporate view of the empire, which I find fascinating. Like it isn't like a yeah, as about like you know, Sith Lords of the light side and the dark side. It's a very corporate view of like, you know, this is what we want and this is how we're going to get it out of it. The poor people that we are, you know, ruling over. So I thought that was interesting. But yeah, another terrible marriage. Uh, we didn't get to see much more of Mon Mothma's terrible marriage this year. But yeah, it, I, I did think the line that was funny when he was like, this this belt must have shrunk. And she's like, maybe you've just Bandit? I know. <laughs> she's fat shaming her husband. That's but then he had a heart attack. So maybe she was right. You know, maybe, maybe he was right. drinking too much milk. Who knows? Oh my god. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I I couldn't tell at first. I thought when the one scene they had with Mon Mothma, and she's in the Senate, and I was like, oh, this is really kind of cool. I want to get your guys' take on this because mm -hmm. maybe I read this wrong. I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. In that they're showing that no one gives an S what she has to say. She's introducing some bill. And it's kind of like on the House of Representatives floor yeah. where people yeah. aren't even going to be in the chamber when someone's just talking and no one, you know, some junior congressperson and the, no one cares. And like, they're just like not into it. But then I was like, then when they, you hear that rumble of everyone's talking about the attack, I'm like, oh, maybe that's just what it was. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. I, I thought I actually would have been more interesting if they hadn't done that. And they just showed how ineffectual she is because of the way the empire is 
has gone away from actually any senators having any actual power. Mm -hmm. But then I guess it was just more, everyone was talking about the commotion. Yeah, everyone was talking about the commotion, but I did really like at the end when Luthen, like that the final shot was Luthen just laughing. Like I, I really did like that as a final moment of triumph, even though most of the people he hired for this job did it. Yeah, does he but, care? Yeah, like, I don't know. He's just like, ooh, they, they, you know, it was a, a money heist, but, you know. Hope all- I can get my crystal back. Yeah, like, right. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, I also loved that Mon Mothma moment because I thought like, okay, here they're setting it up where she's trying to make change through legal channels. She's trying to do be a good senator and do her job and, you know, trying to affect change that way. But she's going to realize that nothing's getting done and she's being ignored, which is why she's going to go over to the rebellion and start doing things secretly. Um, so, yeah, I, w- I wish they kind of would have stayed with that beat a little bit more because um, mm-hmm. I think that's really interesting. Um, I also like that we got another, we, we learned that one of the members of the heist, um, used to be a stormtrooper, which I think is a really fascinating mm-hmm. idea. We've talked a lot about how much we love that storyline, um, in the sequel trilogy with Finn. And I think here's like a really nice little exploration of, again, a stormtrooper who defected and what comes with the baggage that comes with that and the, you know, sort of infighting that, that comes with it. They didn't explore it a lot, but they sort of hinted at it. And I was like, that's a really interesting thread. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad they sort of explored that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's like, well, maybe we'll get into that. Oh, no, he's dead. Yeah. Okay, I guess oh, yeah, that's it. No. That's it. R.I.P. Well, <laughs> speaking of dead, like, I want to get into Cassian. Um, his big move were Skeen. Isn't that his mm-hmm. name? Skeen. I can I can barely remember any of these people's names. All right, you so can't trust another... anybody named Skeen. Like, come on. Totally That's just can't. like he sounds like he's gonna double cross you. So he he basically all of a sudden says, Hey, there's 80 million here in payroll. Let's you and me take off for it for ourselves. I don't have a brother. I just made all that up. And you know, now you and me will split 40 million each. And then while he's in the middle of literally in the middle of proposing this plan, Cassian just guns him down. Uh oh, Lauren, Lauren, no, no. Uh, I'm about to say how much I love it. I can already tell Lauren's like. No, no, no. I, I liked it too, but I just thought that Skeen was like trying to smoke Andor out to see whether he was like really with the rebellion or not. And then when Andor shot him, I was like, well, now you're going to never know. How, how, he, how, he was just playing a trick or not. How great would that have been if he went in and then they're like, yeah. oh, no, we told him to do that. Yeah. We want to see he, he was testing you and whoops, like, you know, but, you know, Andor just shooting him. I was like, well, we don't know if that was a test or not. But I was, I was so worried that that moment in Rogue One where he kills the informant that uh, and murders that dude that they kind of would soften that up and mm-hmm. backtrack on that and just but they have double clicked on that like multiple times yeah. now where he just straight up murders people and I, <laughs> I it's, it's so ballsy I just love that they do that with their protagonist and their hero and uh, he just keeps doing it which is great now here's my question to you mm-hmm. on the flip side of that and Devin I'll give you first crack of this. Do you buy it? Do you buy that, like, Skeen, like, did you buy that whole moment? Like, in terms of, did they develop? I mean, I really, I, I don't know, like, the way they wrote it, and he was, seemed so heartfelt before when he gave this whole story about you yeah. need to be in all in. It's like, it, it almost had me thinking, did they, like, come up with this plot twist while writing this episode? Like, you know what I mean? Like, was this really thought out in advance, or did they completely, like, almost like a network broadcast show circa 2002, like ha- like five episodes after they've already filmed, they all of a sudden make someone a villain. And it doesn't really, when you watch the whole thing, make sense. What was your take on that, Devin? I think overall, I could have, I would have trimmed the heist crew down maybe by two or three people. I think we didn't get to spend enough time with any of them to for them to be fully fleshed out. Um, I wish 
like to me, Nemec is the one who leaves the most of an impression because he like gets mm-hmm. these big speeches and he like has his little manifesto that he carries around everywhere. Um, but there were a couple times where I was like, wait, is that guy the one who said that he had the brother about the orchard? And it was like, is that, you know, and then like, wait, how are these people know each other again? Um, and again, like we only spend a handful of episodes with these people, um, you know, and most of them bite the dust. But I, I, I just wish the crew was a little bit smaller so that everybody could have gotten more of a chance to shine and sort of like been more unique archetypes as opposed to just like, here's a big mess of people and they're all in this together. And there's like little, little tiny character moments and like kind of hints of that. But I wish we could have had some of that fleshed out, it fleshed out a little bit more. And I felt that way about Skeen. I was like, I feel like this heel turn would have been more impactful if we could have I just like if we could have either spent a little bit more time with him or like just had something else more to like make a little bit more of an impact for that. Um, it just it that fell a little bit flat for me. But I, I agree with you. I love the bit of, of you know, Cassian just shooting him point blank. That actually made me go, whoa, I was not expecting that. Um, so it's Cassian shot first. Let's, yeah. let's make T-shirts. What about you, Lauren? Did you buy it? I, I just assume that Evan uh, Mossbachrock, who has been a very busy man on the dropout and the bear, had yeah. only three episodes where he was like, so I can give you three episodes and then I'm out. So I just right. assumed he had to go back to film the second season of the bear. But yeah, I, I agree I with I Devin. Don't, but, but I don't think it tracks with the earlier yeah. conversations I, he had. I, I agree with uh, Devin that I would have liked to seen a little, there was a few too many people on the crew that they weren't particularly well drawn. So I would have liked to spend, I would have liked to have spent a little less time in, on the first two episodes with all of the stuff that got uh, uh, Andor to the crew and rather would have spent more time with the crew so we could have known them better. So, I, so like, yeah, I, I agree. Like, I wish we had just gotten Andor to the crew faster so that these people, because, like, they all died, but you're all like, I, I just know basically Tamron was a stormtrooper, but I don't really know much more than him. And so it's like, and Nemec was the only one who really made it an impression. So I, I kind of just, I'd say, like I'd say, I'd say Gorn did a little bit. He wasn't Gorn really with was, the team. Yeah. Gorn, I, Gorn yeah he was that, great. That was the one thing though. I, when I was watching it the first time I was like, cause I saw Tamron get shot and I was like, well, what happened to Gorn? And so I had to literally go back and it was like a very quick shot where I was like, oh, okay. Gorn got shot too. Cause I didn't see that the first time. So I was like, hold on, what happened to Gorn? And then I, I realized like, oh no, he got shot. I literally well. don't know what happened to Cinta. How did she die? She didn't stop. Oh, yeah, yeah. Cinta, Cinta didn't left, die. Cinta's around. I, I guess Where is gonna, she? I she was just know. like walking away um, yeah. at the end. So I, I don't know if they're that, like, she got left behind or she's going to rendezvous with them later. I don't, I don't know. They kind of left that. Yeah, I, I, I assume she was going to like, you know, walk out. Because you're in the middle of the Eye of Aldani, and then she was just going to meet up with Val later. Who I yeah. will say that you know there was a confirmed queer relationship in this. I will say I really liked that that Gorn line where um, his superior is like, "You'll hang for this" or whatever, and he's like, seven years serving under you. I deserve worse yeah. than that." I was just like, "Oh, that was that was savage." Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. we're kind of talking a lot about how they handled the whole team in these six episodes. So let's just now sort of segue into just chatting quickly about the show at the halfway point of season one. We know it's only two seasons. It's 12 episodes a season. We're now halfway through that first season. So if you had to look back on what we've seen, what would your take be? Strengths, weaknesses, just overall thoughts, Devin? I think this could have been, so we've had six episodes. I think this could have been three or four episodes. I think you could have tightened it a little bit. And I wish um, we could have spent a little bit more time with Mon Mothma. I feel like we haven't gotten nearly enough of her so far. Um, I, it's interesting. I was 
I was pretty cold on the show when it debuted. I we when we watched, I got to see the first four episodes, and I was a little, I was very underwhelmed. I was like, not a lot happens. You know, there's there's the pacing is a little off. You know, I just it didn't it didn't feel right to me. Now after episode six, I'm like, okay, I see what the show is, and I I really like it, and I look forward to watching it each week. And um, this to me was was hands down the strongest of the six. And so I hope that going forward we get more stuff like this. Um, and yeah, I, I, I've been really, I think, you know, Diego Luna gives an incredible performance in every scene. He just has like movie star charisma. So like, even when he's just like, I don't know, stacking stuff into a crates just to prepare for a heist. I'm like, this is great watchable television. I love Diego Luna. And, uh, Genevieve O'Reilly has just been blowing me away as Mon Mothma. I really, I really like her and I'm more, I'm curious to see how these two plot lines intersect because they're very separate at this point, other than like, you know, her checking her pseudo Star Wars phone and being like, oh, there was an attack on Aldani. Um, so I, I'm curious to see kind of how those two storylines converge. But right now, I, I started out very skeptical. The show has won me over quite a bit. And I'm, I'm curious to see where it goes next. What about you guys? Lauren, what do you think so far? Um, I would I, I would agree. Like, I think I would have liked to see this heist happen at in episode four. So I really think the first two could have the first three episodes could have been tightened into one episode. Yeah. And uh, I would like to see more of Mon Mothma because I feel like we're just getting kind of glancing shots at a plot line with her, but not, she's like showing up, but she doesn't really have a full plot line yet. And I'm kind of hoping, like I, I was kind of hoping that we would have like a full plot line going with Andor and a full plot line going with Mon Mothma. And then obviously you would see these two connecting and they might be connecting, but it just right now it seems a little amorphous on my end. Yeah, I agree with both of you. We've talked a lot about this and we talked about the first three episodes should have been one episode uh, and the heist should have happened in episode five by episode five, which should have been episode four. Uh, if you're, you know, <laughs> so like, you know, it's like, yeah, it's, 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 it's taken too long to get there, but there's been good stuff along the way. It's just, there's been too much filler. Like, hopefully we're done with these flashbacks. We haven't had those in a few weeks, right? Like when he was like a kid, um, so those were tough to get through. Um, he got off his home planet. That was good. But then we had sort of a delay again. I, it's the pacing. There's just mm-hmm. there's just a pacing issue with the show. There's interesting characters. There's interesting action. There's like, I agree with Devin 100%. I thought really great heist scene. Although I don't think, I don't think the plan of having the Imperial people like load the, the payroll <laughs> yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Like that's just like in real life, like I don't think those guys would be very motivated to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, can I say when they were setting up this heist, I thought it was like payroll, like information. I thought it was like they were stealing like a list of names of something. I didn't realize they were stealing actual physical credits until oh, this episode, yeah. which I think is probably maybe on my viewing comprehension skills and less on the show itself. But I was a little bit like, oh. They're stealing like giant stacks of money. Okay, that makes more sense. It seems like a weird place to be stacking that much money, but yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. It doesn't seem the most secure facility. They could have used some loader droids. But like, I mean, think of it this way. It's six episodes in, right? Mm-hmm. At this point, we had seen all of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. When we'd had yeah. two Obi-Wan versus Vader lightsaber battles. We had a, a, a dope-ass Vader versus Reva lightsaber battle. We had like a lot of stuff happen. In that show, and even that show sometimes, in like episode one at least, felt like it was spinning its wheels mm-hmm. uh, a little bit. And so when you compare the two shows, though, it is kind of like night and day in terms of in terms of pacing. Uh, and and look, I don't want anyone to think like we're the type of people that can't handle slowly developing plot-driven totally. shows, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, hello, I watched 
every episode of The Wire like four times. You know what I mean? Like I can I can go for the long game, but the stuff in that long game has to be um, interesting and, and not everything in Andor has been. I agree. Yeah. So, I mean, but hopefully on the, on the, you know, brighter and better. I mean, we, we really enjoyed this week. We'll see what happens moving forward and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll take it from there. Um, anything else you guys want to talk add on Andor either this episode or. I have been uh, noticing and I mentioned this to Dalton earlier that, um, I know some people who aren't like, you know, hardcore, uh, Star Wars fans, but who are just sort of like a little bit more mainstream and stuff like that and so far they've been complaining to me that andor is a complete snooze so it's like i know on twitter and social media people have been loving it but in my in my personal experience people have been complaining about it so i i, I thought that that was kind of an interesting uh an interesting uh sort of uh sort of temperature check for sort of average fans. i i and then i talked to a professional television writer Mm -hmm. who will remain nameless but is a star wars fan and this person was raving to me about the writing on the show really like raving which i could which i was very surprised by Mm -hmm. um and there's things we all like about the show but i i uh, that's not what i would think of immediately so i don't know yeah I I, i do think it's kind of uh it is it has been interesting to see people talking about like it's the best thing that uh, that's the best thing of the Disney shows or, you know, and I was just sort of like, I don't know, you all, yeah, everyone seemed pretty crazy about Mandalorian when it's on. So I, I'm not, you know, I, I have been slightly puzzled about uh, some of the overt praise about it. But I mean, I like the show. I just don't think, uh, I, you know, I just don't think it's uh, perfect, you know, right yeah. now. Yeah. I will say when it comes to the writing, I think the the structure and the and the plotting might be a little and the pacing might be a little bit off, but I think yeah. the the dialogue is is really sharp. I've been impressed by by some of the dialogue, you know, Star Wars that's kind of new for Star Wars. Star, Star Wars has a history of very bad dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> shout, shout out to our boy George. Um, yeah. And, yeah. you know, Mark Hamill and, and Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford would be the first people to tell you that. Yeah. Um, but uh, I will say the dialogue here has been sharp, even if the, the pacing has been off. And and I will say, this was a more cool planets, man. I, I don't want to go back to Tatooine. I am so tired of Tatooine. This was so cool. We so had like a weird... A, a whole new planet with a whole new culture and like weird traditions and cool stuff in the sky that like was cool and like them flying and out in the to the middle of this meteor shower while tie fighters were chasing them and i was like this is cool more of this please i'm so tired of the desert please don't take me back to the desert i just i just want to see other planets please yeah no agreed completely um well let's real quickly before we wrap up go into a, another uh, corner of the star wars galaxy ourselves because um, Lauren was at New York Comic Con, and Lauren was hanging out and chatting with several Star Wars authors. Yes, some of which maybe were going to be uh, on our pod coming up. But Lauren, tell us about uh, your weekend at New York Comic Con. Yeah, so I, w- I wasn't at New York Comic Con the entire time, but I was there on Saturday, and there was the big uh, Lucasfilm Publishing uh, High Republic Phase Two um, panel, which I did uh, I did attend, uh, and they announced a lot. They talked a little bit more about the various uh, novels that are coming out for Phase Two. So Phase One, and I know not everyone has dug into the High Republic yet. Phase One takes place two hundred years before Phantom Menace, 
Phase two actually takes place 150 years before phase one. So we're talking about 350 years before uh, Phantom Menace. So it's a very different galaxy uh, from what we are used to. But it's very interesting because it's like the Jedi, The you know, phase one is when the G- Jedi are sort of at the real peak of their powers. And so this is like a little bit earlier. And they announced at the panel that they're doing an anthology uh, with all the different phase one and phase two authors. And it, each story is going to be a different phase of like, some are going to be take place during phase one, some phase two, some for the, uh, the future phase three of the high Republic. So that was pretty interesting. And then I got to have a conversation uh, with Zareda Cordova, who has her novel uh, convergence, I believe is coming out on the 22nd, if I'm right, of November 22nd. Um, and, you know, I had a really great conversation with her. I've read some of her other non-Star Wars books and she's a great writer. Uh, and we're, I'm hoping to uh, the, the interview I did with her at New York Comic Con was a little bit loud on the back end of back noise. So we're going to have, I'm going to do an, uh, another interview with her in a couple of weeks that we're going to include on the podcast. And then also I got to talk really quickly with uh, Kevin Scott and George Mann. Uh, George is, Kevin had done a bunch of stuff for phase one, uh, but George, this, uh, George and Zareda had just uh, joined up in phase two. Um, so it's pretty interesting. And like, I had just sort of di- dived into the High Republic a couple weeks ago myself because it seemed so sort of, they've published so much, even though they've only been doing it for a couple of years. So that was uh, a kind of an interesting thing. I read The Light of the Jedi, which I, I did enjoy. So um, sort of digging into the rest of it as we're going. So, well, yeah, it's funny because you, know, you all know I've read a lot of damn Star Wars yeah. books. But you ever have like a TV show that everyone tells you how great it is, but like you didn't start watching it when it was on and mm-hmm. it kept going. And then like, like the Americans, okay. Yeah. The Americans like That's seven seasons show. long. And like, I'm just like, ah, <laughs> oh, do you like, can I really like invest that much time in like seven yeah. seasons of the Americans? That's the that's this High Republic series because like I just like there's so many books in the series and I haven't started reading it. I'm just like oh, I'll just do this other one off here and this one off <laughs> there and like I just don't I don't know. But anyway, so I'm glad that you went there and that mm-hmm. we're gonna get some intel on that because maybe that'll finally push me to to uh, start reading that series. It was funny because I owned a lot. I, I had owned a lot of the uh, phase one High Republic books. I just hadn't had a chance to read them yet because it's like, you know, when we were doing Kenobi, I was reading all like a bunch of Kenobi novels and then just have other novels I had to read. So at least this was a, a good push for me to actually uh, to start uh, the uh, High Republic. So Let, let's let's just say what really happened. Let's mm-hmm. tell Devin what really happened. Devin, I said to Lauren, she's like, I'm going to go to this thing. I'm like, oh, my God, get Claudia Gray. She's my favorite Star Wars. I, was and like- Lauren was so angry about the Rise of Skywalker discussion <laughs> last week that she refused. Claudia Gray, oh, my name's Claudia Gray. I yeah. know, you know you're Lauren Morgan. And Lauren yeah. literally turned heel on her. I and did refused not. to chat with no, her. No, I, wow. I was actually totally prepared to interview Claudia Gray, but we lost uh, – we lost the room we were interviewing in, so I did not get a chance mm-hmm, to. But I would mm-hmm, like to, sure. if Claudia is listening to this, I would love to interview you. So, um, but hopefully we'll get Claudia as well. But we just ran out of time. All right. Well, what we will. Dalton just being a troublemaker. <laughs> we will have stir in the pot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I will, you know, uh, we will have some of those authors on, on coming up soon. So if you're interested in that, you will have that. And by the way, we have a very special guest. Next week, so special, Lauren doesn't even know about it. <laughs> That's how special this guest is. Oh, and we'll, we'll, we'll leave it right there. You'll have to tune in next week uh, to see that. But uh, 
that's enough of our gabbing, but we thank you for enduring and hopefully enjoying uh, said gabbing. And if you did, you can follow and rate the podcast and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Also, tell your friends. Then your friends can become our friends and we'll all be friends together. Speaking of friends, hit us up on social media, which is always a friendly place, <laughs> from what I understand. <laughs> you can follow Entertainment Weekly on all socials at EW on Twitter and at Entertainment Weekly on Instagram and everywhere else. You can also tag and follow us directly at Dalton Ross, at Devin Kogan, at Mord Lore. Seriously, reach out and we will answer and make sure to tell Lauren how much you absolutely love the rise of Skywalker. <laughs> that always goes over well. I will no longer be baited. <laughs> all right, thanks so much, everyone. We'll do it all over again next week. This episode of Dagobah Dispatch is hosted by Dalton Ross, Devin Kogan, and Lauren Morgan. Produced by Chanel Johnson and Sammy Junio. Edited by Sammy Junio. Full episode transcripts are available at EW.com. Thanks for listening. 